Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Oh, I feel so good to say this. Won by a score of 144 to 123. That is a record uh, for the Raptors in scoring um, in a regulation game. And yeah, I mean, look, feels good. It feels good. All right, because imagine if you had to stay up till 1 a.m. to watch the Raptors and they, if they had lost to the Kings. And it was looking that way. It was looking out that way at the start of the game where the Kings had 43 points in the first quarter. And um, they shot 18 of 22 from the field. It was looking terrible. The Raptors are down 19 to the Kings. And the Kings were preening. They were celebrating. They were, I mean, they, they were in a good mood because those guys were all scoring. I mean, you're always, you always feel good when you're scoring. Uh, but, yeah, then it went downhill for the Kings very, very quickly because the Raptors offense just poured it on. Listen to these numbers, all right? The Raptors, by the way, coming into this game, believe the worst offense in the league, if not the worst, the second worst. Raptors coming into this game, all right? That was what they had offensively. This is what they scored today by quarter. 35, 36, 40, and 33. So, yeah, 144 points. Add them up. That was, I mean, that was a hell of a performance. And, yeah, look, it feels good. Look, I get it. I get it. It's just the Kings. It's literally just the Kings, but you kind of have to feel good about it, man. You really do, because what else has you have you really had to feel good about the Raptors this season? Yes, there was that win over the New York Knicks on New Year's Eve. And yeah, the Knicks are actually surprisingly decent to start the season. Um, but, I mean, come on. That game was miserable to watch. Some low-quality basketball. The, 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 I mean... The, the Knicks shot 3 of 36 from 3. It was a win, but damn, it, you know, it was an ugly win. This was a little bit ugly at times, but also just a very, very feel-good win. I mean, because you look across the board, uh, 30 assists for the Raptors, only 12 turnovers. In a game, they took 91 shots. Uh, they shot 20 of 39 from 3. They shot 58% overall from the field. They got out in the fast break for 23 points. They scored in the paint, 62 points in the paint. Uh, you know, they got to the free throw line, out-rebounded the opponent, got more offensive rebounds, and just played, generally speaking, Raptors basketball. This is the first time this season where I watched the Raptors and I was like, yeah, that's the Raptors. Um, I recognize that team. This isn't just like a random group of imposters that have decided to wear chevrons and, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> call themselves the Raptors while playing out of Tampa. And this was the Toronto Raptors uh, of Toronto today, and... Um, they looked, they looked good. They looked good. I mean, obviously outside the first quarter, the first quarter was uh, a slew of errors. It was kind of sad watching the game to start. Um, you know, the Kings, you know, they were, they were playing well. Don't get me wrong. The Kings were playing well. And honestly, the Kings have talent. The only issue is the Kings have just one of the worst coaches in the league, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the Kings got out to a 40 and 21 lead. In large part because, A, the Kings were making shots, but also, B, 
Um, the Raptors are just making basic elementary level mistakes on defense, which you don't associate with the Raptors. They're not a team that don't defend. Now, today they didn't defend that well overall, but they definitely turned around after the first uh, quarter. Um, I, I like that, by the way. If you look at Sacramento's points, 43 in first, 31 in the second, then 29, then 20. So declining the whole way. Raptors clearly got a handle of this game. Uh, but early on, basic or rudimentary mistakes, letting De'Aaron Fox um, drive all the way down the middle of the floor, no help at the rim. I mean, what are you doing at that point, right? Um, you know, you have Marvin Bagley on the block. Uh, and he clearly wants to get his left hand because he's one of the most left-hand dominated um, players in the league, and the Raptors defensively playing him to go to his left hand makes no... no uh, that's just stupid. It honestly is. That's a, that's a failure to know the scouting report. Um, you know, you got mistakes like Raptors not getting back in transition, um, you know, committing silly turnovers that lead out to lead to, to, to transition points, and... And it was looking bad, and also it was looking bad because Kyle Lowry missed this game today for personal reasons. Uh, the Raptors say that he will rejoin the team on the trip, but um, yeah, it was kind of announced that, uh, I guess the, the Raptors found out about it after the Suns game, so they had some time to prepare. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was looking bad because you're, you're looking at this game, you're looking at it as a must win. I mean, when you're one in six, every game's a must win. Uh, and you're looking at the Kings, you're, you're saying, okay, yeah, there were four and four, but you know, you should be able to take them. And then you get, you know, again, 40 to 21, you get kicked in the teeth. You know, you got on the other end, Tyrese Halliburton is just hitting all sorts of threes and just like preening on against the Raptors. He played well today. He played well. He's a minus 15, but he played well. Um, you know, it, it felt really bad. Of course, no Kyle there too, but there was no despair in the Raptors. I like that about that. I mean, first off, if you're despairing in the first quarter against the Kings, then we have real serious problems, okay? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the Raptors turned it around, absolutely. And I think, first off, f- more than anything else, it was Fred VanVleet who kept the Raptors above water. Um, you know, this game could have spiraled a little bit. Uh, I mean, it kind of spiraled to start anyway, but Fred was the one that was keeping them in it, making play after play. Uh, hitting, you know, pull-up threes, uh, mid-range jumpers, getting to the rim, uh, finding shooters open, slashing, you know, everything like that, you know, and, and really he played a little bit, he probably played more defense than the rest of the starters combined to start, uh, although there was very little defense uh, to speak of in a quarter where the Kings only missed four shots. But Fred, you know, established himself early on. Yes, I'm here, I'm going to score, and you're going to have to deal with me. And as much as the Raptors couldn't really stop De'Aaron Fox, who shot 9 of 11, the, the, the Kings couldn't stop Fred Van Vliet, who was doing damage up and down the floor. And that kind of set the tone for the Raptors, because the Raptors offensively, they were always in the game. And, and that's something that hasn't necessarily been the case this season, where the Raptors obviously have gotten into cold stretches. I've not seen the Raptors put together four strong quarters like this. And, and part of that is because the Raptors got a lot of production off the bench, and I'll definitely talk about them. But Fred absolutely you know, kept the lights on early on. You know, I thought Norman, the starting five, worked quite well, just as he did um, against the Knicks. Different circumstances this time. Fred comes in to replace Kyle instead of replacing uh, Pascal, who was out in the Knicks game with the suspension. Um, and, you know, Powell hit some shots. You know, uh, Pascal hit some shots. You know, but really, the issue was the Raptors just didn't really come prepared to play in this game with the lineup they had to start the game. Because Nick, before the game, teased that he was going to start change the starting lineup and he wasn't talking about someone coming in to replace Kyle. I was obviously going to be Norm. 
but he teased a change in the starting five, and he wouldn't say who it was, even though, obviously, as reporters, we all asked him about it. Uh, it turns out it was Alex Len in place of Aaron Baines, which shouldn't be too surprising, considering the fact that um, Baines had been replaced by Len already uh, in multiple games. Um, so Len comes in. And honestly, in the first five minutes with Len on the floor, I mean, it, it was just, it was terrible. It was like the whole game of like five players on the Kings and four players on the Raptors were just going by Len. Len was like, you know, like a pylon, essentially. Like, just kind of below, behind the play on both ends. Wasn't really doing too much. Didn't grab a rebound. Didn't impact the scoreboard. I mean, this man put in the Tony Snell special of zeros across the board. Except for the fact that he was a minus 12 in five minutes. So, the Raptors... Take Len out of the lineup. They bring in Boucher, and that was the second bit of boost to add to the Raptors. Because once Boucher came in, immediately made an impact. Nine points in the first quarter, and finished with 23 points, 10 rebounds on 9 of 12 shooting. An incredibly efficient outing. Fry Boucher, and honestly, um, the big difference there is that um, imagine if your center could actually score uh, layups and things of this variety. Because it turns out the Raptors guards, the Raptors... Uh, perimeter players are generally pretty good at creating offense. It's just that they have had a someone in the you know a center in the paint that has generally been in there to um, to 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 ruin the spacing, but also you know they've been unable to finish when they've had the ball. I mean, unable to catch the ball, you know, unable to after catching the ball convert layups, hit open threes, or anything like that. So you know they needed Boucher, and Boucher came in and absolutely delivered. For them, um, you know, and I think a couple things played into this. One, I think the pace of the game was played almost at a comically high level. Um, like it felt like the ball crossed half court within three seconds into the shot clock on every single possession for the first three quarters. That kind of pace and tempo was is just first off hard to maintain, but B, it felt like kind of like an open run a little bit. Um, because guys were just scoring and just kind of you know quickly inbounding and going back and scoring and the same thing going back and forth. And in those kinds of games, Boucher's strengths are absolutely amplified because he is incredibly fast for a, a big. He is incredibly athletic for a big as well. And he's always just going to thrive in that up-tempo environment. I think a lot of the Raptors will thrive in an up-tempo environment. Playing that small ball lineup really, really worked for the Raptors. And I like the fact that Nick never went back to trying Alex Len, and he just kept Baines on the sideline with a mask that was too small to cover his beard. Um, <laughs> you know, I, although I'm not one to talk, the, the mask is very small for my face as well. But, um, you know, Nick never went back to his traditional centers. He kept Boucher at center, who played 29 minutes there, or he went with a small ball group, either it's Pascal out there with OG, basically try to make it work with three wings. And that worked quite well. But I thought Boucher really, you know, came in, supported what Fred was doing. And then the Raptors just started playing some more defense. I thought coming off the bench, Utah Watanabe played just really, really hard defensively. This man plays incredibly hard. Um, he is trying to be everywhere and, you know, active. You know, um, you know, you know, this, you know how when you're late for work, I mean, I guess this is, you know, maybe in a pre-COVID time, at least for me. But, you know, when you're late for work and you, you check the transit app and you see, like, the next, you know, there's a bus coming in one minute and then the next bus is 20 minutes away. And, of course, I'm talking about the 29 Suffering um, bus. 
it's horrible. There's always like six buses like in a group and then one bus in between. That that is the only bus that comes in the next twenty minutes. But you have like one minute to catch that bus and you are like three minutes away by walking time and so you sprint and then somehow because you're motivated to catch that one bus, you're sprinting at like three times faster than you ever thought you could run. And then, of course, one, by the time you get onto the bus, you're the last guy there. You kind of, like, chase the bus down and force the bus driver to let you in the bus so you can make it onto work on time. That's the speed in which Utah Watanabe plays every single possession. Like, every single possession is, like, an all-out, like, battle to the death. of. <laughs> it's like an endurance test, man. It's like a beep test watching this guy. Um, and it's great. It honestly is great. I thought he raised the level and the intensity of the defense um, which is hard to do as a bench player, but at the same time, that's exactly his role. It's not like he's going to score that much. He does have some things in his scoring game, but he hasn't really showcased them too much outside of hitting open jumpers. But what he can do is he, he can rotate, he can get in people's faces, and then he can rebound. And honestly, the Raptors aren't asking for too much. If you can do those three things, Nick Nurse will play you. If you have some size as well, and Watanabe is 6'9". And I thought Utah came in, gave them a huge, huge punch in terms of um, their energy defensively. And, you know, and, and then for once, honestly, the second unit came in and actually gave them some, some like, support. I mean, you know, you look at the, the Suns game, for example, right? You know, the, the, the top four guys in the starting five, along with Norm, who is essentially the fifth starter. I don't really consider Baines the fifth starter. He doesn't really play that level. But your top five guys were there. Everybody scored in double digits. Everyone was good. The issue was no one else supported them, right? Nobody else gave them anything. Today, completely different story because the Raptors starters got off to a slow start with the bad lineup, picked it up, got the game back into control. And then the second unit came in and they actually, you know, built on the the momentum that the first unit was 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 delivering. I thought Boucher obviously playing the, as well as he did really, really helped. I thought Pascal playing with the second unit really helped. He um, gave the second unit something to play around because the one issue the second unit runs into is there's no go-to guy. And if you try to make Norma go to guy, he's going to give you terrible shots and it's going to lead to bad outcomes. So they made Pascal the number one guy. And of course, the other team, Sacramento, obviously was double, uh, doubling Siakam a lot. And Siakam had a really productive night 12 assists. That's his career high um, for assists, uh, which he already matched in game one or game two of the season with eight. Now he's at 12. He was one rebound shy of a triple double. And that provided that the fulcrum of Siakam in the paint provided structured for the offense uh, and also just defensively the Raptors were getting enough stops or even even when they got stops the pace was so fast that it felt like a fast break even if Sacramento scored um, that a lot of it you know the, basically the offense could generate itself when you're playing in transition you get easier shots but uh, the second unit came in and actually provided a ton of scoring um, Malachi Flynn got his first career basket to drop early on in the game he missed his first shot his first three but then right afterwards Got inside uh, off a of pick and roll. There was a miscommunication by the Kings. He got open for a floater. The big didn't step up, and he shot the right-handed floater. That's been a part of his game. Right after that, he takes his, he drives on a guy one-on-one and then pulls up for a little push shot that kind of rolls in from a similar distance. So he gets his first two of his first three shots to drop. Malachi had obviously not scored <laughs> up until that point. So it was, it was definitely a huge relief for him, I'm sure. He looked a little bit more settled after those two shots but you know Terrence Davis also came in gave them a ton of scoring basically taking up the Norman Powell role I mean TD and Norm are very similar players no defense some questionable decision making but they can fill it up and and and, you know Davis gave them a big boost tonight 18 points off the bench in 22 minutes but Watanabe's energy Flynn 
providing some actual structure. Boucher cleaning up the glass, you know, being an option, especially in transition, finding him as a trailer, pick and popping, things like that. Uh, and then, of course, Siakam operating in the middle, who was quite, quite confident and very, very efficient with the way he went about his offense tonight. You know, you look at 17 points on 7-11 shooting with 12 assists. That's that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. And it, and, it, and it allowed everyone to sort of play together. And they just maintained the pace of the game. There was no drop-off in the pace of the game. Even when Fred came out, and of course there's no other ball handler really other than Flynn, uh, the Raptors were still able to play fast. And, and that was great. And honestly, they just kind of stretched on because when the Raptors started the third quarter, they went to Boucher in the starting five instead of Len, which made all the sense in the world. This this game was crying out for small ball. And so Boucher replaces Len. Len only plays five minutes. Baines doesn't play at all. So the Raptors are small for the entire second half. And they just wiped the floor with the Kings from that point onward. 40 points for the Raptors in the third quarter there. Uh, Fred just destroyed the Kings on every level. Like, he picked them apart, man. Uh, that third quarter, I mean, he had 16 points, but it was just like he beat the defense time and time again. You know, come off the pick and roll, the, the team is, you know, the Kings centers are slightly back. Fred, you know, pulls up from 30, bang. You know, uh, you know, comes off the pick and roll, you know, the, the guard guarding Fred, chases over the screen, pressures Fred out the three-point line, Fred gets to the mid-range area, the big drops back again, Fred mid-range pull. Then, you know, Fred coming out the high pick and roll, the big's up, he beats the big, goes to the rim. Uh, keeps the big behind him and, and throws in a reverse layup. You know, I mean, in, in transition, hit ahead passes to 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 Norm to Boucher for for um, easy baskets in transition. You know, those guys leaking out behind the defense. If literally, this man carved the Kings absolutely apart in the third quarter. You know, obviously the Raptors were still down coming out of halftime. Um, it was a close game, it was a two point game, but they were down, and the Raptors just completely took control in that third quarter, asserted themselves. And said, basically, look, the third quarter has been the worst quarter for the Raptors this season. They've lost so many leads in that quarter. Uh, Fred was like, no, this time we're actually going to build a lead in the third quarter. And that's exactly what happened. Fred was awesome. Fred has been awesome all year long. I don't think it's inco- I don't think it's out of the question that Fred takes another leap this season. If you look at Fred, every single season he's played, he has taken a leap. Every single one. And if you look, if you ask who has been the Raptors' best player this season, it has been Fred Van Bleet. Uh, now, of course, that speaks to some of Pascal's struggles. You know, you know, Kyle's also in the mix there too. But Fred has been really, really impressive. He's so calm, and honestly, that's the kind of leadership you needed in this game, right? Obviously, no Kyle. Who's going to step up and be the the number one guy in this group? And that was Fred. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he was awesome in that in that third quarter. I really can't say enough of that performance. Um, of course, guys around him, you know, filling in beautifully. Norm, you know, in the starting five. Guys actually creating shots for him, whether it's Pascal, Fred, getting Norm open, um, you know, kicking it out to Norm so Norm can just focus on the finishing. And that's really what Norm specializes in, is in finishing. Um, you know, he's, you know, when he's trying to create his own offense, very difficult. When he's asked to do a lot defensively, not going to do much. When he's asked to play create for others, he's not going to do much. When he's asked to rebound, not going to do much. But... If you just ask him to score and 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 you're going to set him up to do it, he will do it efficiently. And this was the kind of performance that was common last season where Norm would just give you straight buckets. 22 points, 2 rebounds, 0 assists, 2 steals on 6 of 8 shooting, 4-5 from 3, 6-6 six six from the free throw line. I mean, that's ridiculous. Outrageous efficiency, 22 points on 6 of 8 shooting. Norm has not had a really, has had one efficient game all season. So for the fact that he did this... 
you know, was, was very promising. I think he's done quite well with the starters, just as he did last season. Um, and, yeah, I think the pace of this game favored him as well. And, again, with Pascal and Fred playing so well, Norma's that third option just to, like, come in and finish possessions was great. Um, you know, I thought OG kind of was lost in the shuffle a little bit but kind of kept the offense going. Uh, you know, Pascal was doing his thing, and it was great. And the Raptors, you know, Again, they 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 won the third quarter by 11 points, which is their best third quarter of the season so far. And then the fourth quarter, right? The Raptors were up. You know, it, it wasn't double digits or anything, but the Raptors are up. You know, I'm 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 waiting to see what the third quarter, what the second unit does. Are they gonna? You're always nervous with your bench because a the Raptors bench has not been good this year, but you're always nervous with your bench because look, first half they can benches have a tendency to doing well in the first half and then the second half the fourth quarter what do they do are they still going to show up are they still going to produce or are they going to you know all of a sudden uh shrivel up and, and give up the lead and of course you got to bring the starters back in the, the the you know it was it was a case of tremendous play from the bench not only did the raptors uh hold even but the raptors bench actually extended the raptors lead in the fourth quarter, which is rare. I, honestly, it, it feels like since the bench mob in 2018 when that has happened because the Raptors' second unit came in and, A, maintained the tempo, maintained the energy, but also, you know, <laughs> with Fred subbing out, Flynn coming in, Flynn did everything Fred was doing in that um, in, in that brilliant uh, third quarter he had where Flynn, in the fourth quarter, he start, first off, Flynn made a number of nice defensive plays, that, you know, uh, you would kind of watch back on the tape. And I think coaches will definitely point out some of these plays. Like, his first possession, come checking into the third quarter, uh, the Kings try to go at him because he's a rookie. They wanted to go to Darren Fox because that's their A, their best player, but also B, you know, you're trying to attack the rookie, and Flynn was guarding Fox. And f- you, if you watch on that play, Flynn blows up the dribble handoff to De'Aaron Fox. So he t- denies that option. He, he's physical with Fox. He doesn't get with the foul, but he denies the play and he denies the ball. And the Kings had to go elsewhere in that possession. That, that was big. I thought, you know, there was another good rotation that um, that Flynn had where uh, the Kings got um, some dribble penetration and uh, they were trying to do a shovel pass to their, their, their big man in the dunker spot. And Flynn digs down, um, drops down in the paint, and, and, and helps out, breaks up the pass, disrupts it, saves another bucket there. And then, you know, even just a very, 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 very small detail, but to end the third quarter, you know, the Kings get a possession, everyone's in scramble mode, the Raptors get the stop, and Flynn is matched up with um, Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes is a very athletic center, uh, and obviously way bigger than Flynn. But Flynn roots out Holmes from, uh, you know, rebounding position, even though Flynn is on the outside, away from the basket. Uh, he uses his strength to put Holmes deeper into the paint so that Holmes misses the rebound, and the Raptors are able to collect the rebound. And I believe, I forget who, I think someone got fouled, I think, going to the rim. I think Pascal, probably. So the Raptors were able to finish the quarter strong. And then the start of the fourth quarter, that's where Flynn really started to shine, because um, he hit a three. Um, it was a catch-and-shoot three. It wasn't that open, but he was very confident, and he had good balance on the three. There's a few steps behind the three-point line, too. Hits the three, builds the lead. Then, the next possession down, he drives. He sees the Kings' defense is out of sorts. He kicks it back out to TD. TD hits the open three. That's another three. Then, the you know, he gets the defensive rebound, comes up the floor, 
you know, I forget who was guarding him. I think Buddy Healed, one on one attacking Buddy Healed with the confidence, getting into the paint and finishing through contact. No call because he's a rookie, but no call. But he finishes through contact, finishes over Buddy. And whatever, man, it's Buddy Healed. Like, it's not like he's some sort of defensive stalwart, you know, nothing like that. But that sequence was so big because, you know, the Kings were not scoring. Um, and their bench was not able to produce on that level outside of Tyrese Halliburton, who did make some ridiculous shots. Um, but, you know, the Raptors bench just took it to them. And Flynn was the main driver in that. And it was so nice to see because, you know, it, it was actually a rare moment of joy this season. There has not been a lot of joy. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that. If you've been watching the Raptors, you know that. But there was real genuine joy in seeing the entire Raptors bench off their feet, clapping, cheering for the second. I mean, honestly, these are some of the third stringers out there. Cheering the second and third stringers out because those guys were, you know, uh, blowing up this game completely, you know, turning this game from a game the Raptors had made a comeback to to a game where the Raptors were blowing the Kings out on the road for the second one of the season. And guys were legitimately thrilled for Flynn. I, I saw, you know, obviously... Uh, Nick really wanted to ensure this win, so he got he was trying to get Fred back into the game earlier in the fourth quarter, and Fred was on the sideline and he was cheering Flynn on. You know he was talking to Flynn a lot because those you know he's been mentoring Malachi, and um, it was a great stretch there. And of course it was other guys to deliver too. I thought Boucher made some great moments there too. Um, you know TD hit the shot as of course. You know some other guys were in there. Stanley played some pretty good defense as well, but you know I mean. <laughs> For your rookie guard to extend that, it, that's huge. I mean, look, listen, you know, 12 points for Flynn in, what, this is his, you know, th- third or fourth game of the season um, that he's actually played? Like, it, it took Fred quite a while to get to 12 points. It took Kyle probably quite a while to get to 12 points when he was in, in Memphis, you know, like, like 13 years ago. Um, yeah, you know, Flynn. He, he, he really delivered. And, of course, Nick was still kind of just like, look, I don't necessarily need all the scoring. I need you to do all the other stuff, run the offense, things like that. But he was good, man. He was good. And I hope it settled his nerves a little bit. I think one play was really big was, you know, at the end of that stretch there, uh, Pascal was out with them too with the, with the second unit. Um, and, you know, there was one possession where Flynn worked to pick and roll. The Kings switched. And Flynn reversed the ball back out to Pascal. And Pascal threw the ball right back to Flynn and told him, yo, attack your one-on-one, your attack this mismatch. And, of course, you know, Flynn got a little overexcited, uh, dribbled, got to the free-throw line area, then kind of lost his handle, then kind of had to bail, and, and didn't the possession was empty. But I like that kind of trust that his teammates put into him. It was like, yo, you're on a roll. We believe in you. We see what your talent in practice. We, we've seen it. Go out there and do it. And I think there's still more nerves to be... Um, shaken out in Flynn's game. I think Flynn was such a poised, um, cool customer in college. Of course, by the way, the last time he played was like nine months ago. So, you know, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a transition, of course, on top of the fact that it's a transition from NCAA to the NBA. But um, you can tell Flynn is a little nervous when he comes out there. I think once those jitters come out, there's real skills underneath that. And I think confidence is so huge, especially for rookies. It's huge for everybody. But, like, you look at Tyrese Halliburton, for example. You would never know he's a rookie. You never know he's 20 years old because he's taking ridiculous shots. He's really toying with the defense. And, um, you know, he's confidently making reads and possesses, like, a really high sense of self-belief. And I believe Flynn has that, too. It's just he's been a little nervous. So, obviously, a lot more competition for Flynn to break through than for Halliburton. But, um, yeah, Flynn, man, he, he had a good night. And, honestly, the Raptors... 
overall just had a good night. I mean, you know, they closed the game out from that point onward. Uh, and yeah, it was a, it was a nice win. Matt, you know, Matt Thomas came in, hit a three. Paul Watson had a putback dunk. Um, Jalen Harris got, I believe his first NBA minutes, I think. So, you know, all in all, it was a very, very positive, very, very positive game. And, you know, this is a game that, again, it felt like I knew who these guys were. These guys felt like the Raptors. This is the team that I recognize, shorthanded, on the road, uh, you know, and, and guys step, stepping up. And the energy around the team was really, really high. Uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I had a blast watching this game, even though it was 1 a.m. in the morning. So, in terms of your three stars, I'm going to go with Fred Van Liet with the first star. Obviously, 34 points. Uh, seven assists, you know, 13 of 22 from the field, five and nine, three of three from the free throw line. I mean, 34 points in 33 minutes. Unbelievable. I, I get it. It was the Kings. They played no defense, especially on the inside. But damn, Fred just carved them apart, man. Second star going out to Pascal, 17 points, nine rebounds, 12 assists, only one rebound shot of the triple-double, a steal, a block, 7-11 shooting from the field, one of two from the three-point line, two of two from the free-throw line. Honestly, a lot of contact, really could be getting more calls. Same with Fred. I mean, I was a little surprised how few calls the Raptors got, considering how aggressive they were in the paint. Didn't really matter. Uh, but I like that Pascal played so much in the post. Really patient, um, with, especially with the second unit, he trusted the guys. He trusted they were shooting around him. He trusted there was athleticism around him. Either he was leading the break or he was passing out of the post. He was doing a really good job of distributing. Um, and a super efficient night where Pascal just, again, kind of building off the momentum of that Suns game where he did really well going to the basket. Pascal had another game of going really well in the basket. And all of a sudden, the last three games, you know, against the Celtics, he was the Raptors' best player in that game. Well, actually, no, that was still Fred. But uh, Pascal was quite good in the Celtics game. Uh, he was really good in the Suns game, and he was really good tonight, too. So, that, you know, that's three straight games where Pascal actually played an all-star level. Um, that's something, and I thought Pascal played well. The only thing tonight was the foul trouble, but, you know, at, at first when the Raptors weren't playing any defense, you know, it, it sucked. Although there was one play where Pascal took a lazy foul to stop the fast break, which is a pet peeve of mine because if you're in the bonus, do not take that foul. Because I don't know what shot the Kings are going to get, but it's not going to be more efficient than two free throws, man. Even if, even in a mismatch transition opportunity, so don't do that. But, yeah, Pascal was, was really great tonight. I'm very happy for him. And then third star, I really want to give this to Flynn. I really wanted to, but it's objectively has to go to Chris Boucher. 23 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 3 blocks, including a monstrous swat uh, in the fourth quarter that really got the bench hype. 9 of 12 from the field, three of, uh, 2 of 4 from the 3-point line. Feels like Boucher's 3 actually is like pretty reliable now. I don't know what has changed. Maybe it's just a small sample so far, but uh, he's been money on the three. It's not even just like, oh, wow. I mean, I'm not surprised when he hits the three when he's open. Kind of expect him to make the three. And Boucher came in, you know, played center, quote-unquote. Uh, but he was just really, really solid tonight. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he got the start next game. Um, but, honestly, you know, Nick has some options. You know, he can either try to start small with Powell in the starting five, it seems like Powell's giving them so much when he's a starter and absolutely nothing when he's off the bench. But at the same time, Boucher is also giving them a lot when he plays with the starters. The only thing I will say is Boucher's giving them a lot whether he's playing in the starting five or the bench. So sometimes maybe you still go with Boucher, but I really wouldn't mind seeing the Raptors start smaller the next game. I know there's James Wiseman and, uh, I mean, I guess Draymond to deal with, but I feel like going small, the Raptors play better defensively um, with that lineup. And, yeah, you know, we will see. Uh, obviously, it's a, kind of a long climb back to 500 at the moment, but the Raptors are now 2-6. They got their second win of the season, their first away win. 
it uh, feels good. Terms your Gerald Henderson Award winner. That's got to go to Tyrese Halliburton. 15 points, 8 assists, uh, five, uh, 2 steals, a block, 5 of 10 shooting from the bench. Um, all 5 were 3-pointers in 29 minutes. Got a bit of um, a loopy jumper, kind of like set shot, but it's quick. It's a quick set shot, and it's very accurate somehow. Um, yeah, he's he's smooth, and he makes really good decisions out there. Um, he's um, he's got the timing down perfectly. He's not quite like a Kyle Anderson, like he's so slow that it kind of like works. But he is slow, but he makes the right decisions so consistently and so quickly that it works and it, it looks really cool. I like watching him play. Um, he was good tonight, man. Um, you know, he's uh, he's nice. Wow, imagine that the Kings actually making a good draft pick, but um. Unfortunately, they still don't have any defense whatsoever. So, yeah, it's a feel-good win, absolutely. And hopefully the Raptors can build off this. Um, we'll see what they do with the starting position. We'll see when Kyle comes back. But, you know, I, I like uh, I like this win. I, I think I, it's it's good for the team. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with the league as a whole. It seems to be a, 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 more than a few COVID cases starting to creep in. The, the Warriors are also playing quite well now. Um, they started slow. They had some bad losses. But, you know, they've come around. Steph's got like 60 in a game or, or 62 in a game. Um, you know, we, we, you know, he, they won today against the Clippers. Um, let me just check that box score real quick. Uh, Steph had 38 and 11 against the Clippers. So that's tough. That's, that's tough. So we'll see what happens. Draymond coming back for the, the Warriors is obviously super huge, but you know, listen, the Raptors, you know, have generally done quite well, uh, against Golden State, especially on the road. As you remember, that arena that was formerly known as Foracle, that's 4 0 Uckle, um, because the Raptors won four straight games there in uh, 2019 to win the championship. Uh, yeah, so hopefully the Raptors can continue that tradition. The Raptors won that game in Golden State last year as well. That was Steph's first game back. Norm had a great game in that one, so did Pascal. Um, and yeah, hopefully it continues like that because the Raptors. Have something to build off of. I think they did well against the Suns. They played well. They played well today against the Kings, and hopefully they can take it forward and do it against the Warriors. So thanks, everyone, for listening. If you haven't already, um, you can go and check out the podcast that I recorded with uh, Brad Vermont of uh, Too Much Hoops earlier on Friday night. Um, I we, we talked about Norm a lot and him struggling. Of course, you know, uh, what can turn around for him, and he did turn around today. Also, we talked about Pascal and kind of really sort of broke down a lot of what Pascal's doing well and what some of the stuff he's not doing well. Talked about the center position. So it was maybe a drearier tone than what this podcast was, but um, yeah, I highly suggest it. And of course, go watch Brad's content, man. I mean, too much hoops on Twitter. If, if you are a Raptor fan and, you, if you're, and you're not watching it, you are missing out because Brad is just very, very insightful with his breakdowns. So check him, check him out. Um, Otherwise, yeah, pretty good. Also, want to give a shout out to um, uh, Dan Gibson who uh, k- responded with the nickname. Can we give um, Utah Watanabe the nickname Kagawa Karolenko? Um, Kagawa is the the, the, the prefecture in um, Japan that uh, that Utah's from, and I don't know if he plays like Andre Karolenko. I mean, that's probably like the best case scenario, but I can see it like six nine, some guard skills, some perimeter skills, but also just really good defensively. Now I have to say, AK forty seven was like elite defensively. Plus, there's a story about him and his wife and her agreement that I don't know if Utah is on that level. You go look that up if you haven't seen it already. But uh, yeah, you know. 
Okay, we'll, we'll go we'll run, run with it for now. I mean, I still prefer the rice cooker. I feel like that's maybe I'm just biased, but there's there's a feeling of giddiness when I hear that. But yeah, Kagawa Karolenko is is is, is another one here. So um, yeah, it's a kind of a feel good night. Hopefully, the raps can can, uh, can keep it going. But um, yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back when the Raptors play the Golden State Warriors later this weekend. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.